Good day, everyone, and welcome back to The Filibuster, the D.C. Democratic Party's podcast where we talk to local and national leaders about why they are Democrats and what issues are important to them. My name is Charles Wilson, and I'm the chair of the D.C. Democratic State Committee. Today's special guest is Ms. Nakima Williams. Nakima is a congresswoman for Georgia's 5th Congressional District, and she's the chair of the Georgia Democratic Party. Nakima, how are you today? I am good, Charles. Been one of those days, just wrapped up a town hall and more work to do, but I am here to serve. Thank you so much. And we're excited to have you on the filibuster today. Thank you for so, having me. So let's let's get started with a very basic question. You're, you've been politically involved for a while. Um, but why That's are you a nice Dem- way to put it without <laughs> a while? But why are you a Democrat? Oh, I'm a Democrat. Um, I remember at a very early age hearing my grandparents talk about a neighbor that we had that was a Republican. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what a Democrat or, or a Republican was at the time, but I knew um, based on the way that they talked about Mr. Harris across the street that I did uh-huh. not want to be like him. But <laughs> I'm also, my faith calls me to be a Democrat, Charles, because I know that my Bible teaches me that we should not only look out for the interests of ourselves, but for the interest of others. And the Democratic Party allows me to live my values. Awesome. Awesome. So you're a very busy person, uh, chair of the Georgia Democratic Party and a newly elected congresswoman. Is there any issue that you're really passionate about right now that you're working on? Voting rights. I'm sure mm-hmm. that everybody has heard about what is happening here in my home state of Georgia and what has been going on nationally. My very first act of a member of Congress, um, well, I remember January 6th, the day of the insurrection, mm-hmm. um, I was supposed to go down on the floor and defend Georgia's 16 electoral college votes. And I didn't get a chance to do that because of the right. attack that happened on the, the United States Capitol. So um, voting rights is something that I have always been at the forefront of. It is, I represent a district that was once held by Congressman John Lewis. Mm-hmm. and Ambassador Andrew Young. So this is a very um, district that is very steeped in the civil rights movement and voting rights is at the core of who I am and allows me to uplift my values and give people power in the state, in this country that for far too long have been unheard and unseen in our political process. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. You you mentioned a couple of things that I want to follow up on. Uh, you you mentioned the, that fateful day in January where you were about to go down on the floor um, with the 16 electoral votes from uh, Georgia. And of course, you, everybody had to press pause. Can you talk about that moment that day? So, Charles, I was an elector in Georgia. I was mm-hmm. one of our 16 electors. And um, that day I was supposed to defend our 16 electoral college votes. It was going to be the first time that I was going to speak on the floor of the House of Representatives. Three days in, Mm -hmm. bright and shiny new member of Congress, and I was going to be speaking on the floor for all the country to see. So I was sitting in my office and, of course, nervous and Mm -hmm. going over my remarks, making sure, because I'm like, I know y'all people up here in D.C. were going to be watching me to make sure I didn't get anything wrong. (laughs) And so many people cheering me on back home. So I wanted to make sure that I got it right. And I was sitting in my office going back and forth. And because of COVID, fortunately, I wasn't able to be in the chamber at the time Mm -hmm. because of the COVID restrictions. Because had it not been for that, I would have been sitting right there when the attack happened. 
but we have been told by leadership that as soon as the Arizona vote was um, wrapping up, mm-hmm. that Georgia should come down because we were going to be the next state that was going to be objected to. And as you know, um, the Arizona vote did not wrap up until mm-hmm. later that night around 830. And so I'm sitting in my office and I um, remember my husband called and he's like, Nakima, where are you? They just took Speaker Pelosi out of the chamber. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I had heard like that there were going to be a lot of protests earlier that day. And mm-hmm. I got to the Capitol early to avoid it. But I remember telling my husband that morning, um, leaving my apartment, I have my little apartment in Navy Yard, my 600 square foot box. Um, mm-hmm. So leaving my apartment, I'm like, but once I get inside the Capitol, I'll be safe. Yeah, and That couldn't have been further from the truth. Um, I started seeing updates on Twitter and saw how serious it was. And I heard the sirens outside of my window. And that's when um, I told my chief of staff, turn the location services off of your phone. We closed the blinds and the windows and we locked ourselves into the office and mm-hmm. um, turned the, te- the volume off so that if someone was in the hallway, they couldn't hear us. And I started to watch the updates on Twitter and on Facebook. And so I immediately went to social media to let my family know that I was safe. And that was around 2.30, 2.45, but I did not get the all clear about my office until around 8.30 that night. Wow. So you were in the office for five hours? Um, if not longer, because wow. I, like, some of the Capitol was cleared, but the, the office build, buildings weren't cleared mm-hmm. um, when the Capitol got cleared for the all call. Wow. Sorry. Uh, sorry you had to go through that. It's not our fault, of course, but um, I mean, it, it was a traumatic experience for even the, for us watching on television. So we can only imagine how it felt to actually be in the building. And um, my five-year-old was watching because yeah. my, they were still in town for my swearing in. Mm-hmm. And that evening when I, or the next day, because I wouldn't finish up until like four in the morning. And so we're talking about it the next day. And Carter asked me, and that's my son's name, mm-hmm. um, if we were safe because... He had seen what was happening and I was like, no, baby, our apartment is high up. We're safe. And he's like, he said, mommy, but the bad guys can climb the building. I saw them yesterday. Wow. So, so, you know, it's been a couple months since then. Do you still talk, have conversations with Carter about that day? We do, unfortunately, because we have 24 hour security at our home now. And so um, I've been home for the past two weeks for a district work period and Security has to go with me to the pickup line to pick him up from school. We wow. go to the grocery store. There's security with us. Mm-hmm. And so this is a something that is now a part of our life. Um, last night, Carter had karate, and security is standing right there wow. in the back of the room watching him at karate practice. So it's a part of our life now, the threats that I receive, that I continue to receive, and just what has happened in this country. Yeah. Uh, this really just sad and disappointing to hear. Um, if we press rewind and go back to November um, or even October, you know, when in the in a run up, run up to the general election, if my guess is if you ask people across the country, pick the red states and pick the blue states, uh, no one, very few people would have said, oh, yeah, Georgia's going blue. But you obviously, you guys knew something that we didn't. What, oh, they what? definitely had us in the red column, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Uh, I knew one person in, in D.C. said, 
Charles, Georgia is on my mind, and the D.C. Democratic Party needs to do everything we can to help Georgia. That was one person. Um, but obviously, you guys on the ground knew something that we didn't know. Uh, what was that? So, Charles, um, a lot of people will have you to believe that this happened overnight or just this mm -hmm. election cycle. But we knew that this was going to happen because we knew what we had been doing for cycle after cycle here in Georgia. When everybody else lost seats in 2016, we mm -hmm. picked up seats. Mm -hmm. We gained seats in our state legislature. Um, in 2018, we flipped um, a congressional seat and we came within 500, point, 500 votes of flipping a second U.S. House seat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we had been watching the trends and doing the work, the organizing on the ground. And what we realized was we needed around-the-clock voter protection and around-the-clock organizing. And we invested, and we invested early. I became chair of the party in January of 2019. And a part of my platform that I ran on is that I would have year-round organizers mm -hmm. because my grandma taught me if you stay ready, you'll be ready. And we wanted to be ready. And so we instituted a year-round statewide organizing so that we weren't just going into communities talking about just an election cycle. We made a commitment that democracy doesn't start and stop on election day. Mm -hmm. We engaged at the legislature. We kept people involved in the process and we were able to build upon that and be successful. People remained energized and engaged after Stacey Abrams' election in 2018 and we just didn't stop. Awesome. Yeah, I remember uh, sending you text messages saying, oh, is it gonna happen, is it gonna happen? He's like, Charles, we got it. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, now don't get me wrong. We were on pins and needles because uh, it came down to the very last few votes. But yeah, no, that, I mean, it was ex it was exciting for us, like watching here, uh, seeing those results come in uh, because we were all on pins and needles uh, here in D.C. Because, as you know, we got a lot. We had a lot riding on this election uh, other than who just who was in the White House. Um, so uh, but no, that was exciting to see. Um I guess have other states reached out and said, hey, what did you guys do? Can you guys give us some advice on, on how we can do the same thing? So many other states that unfortunately people think that there's just one panacea to winning and mm -hmm. there's a silver bullet. And if they just if we just hand them a playbook, they'll be able to do the same thing. But it takes a lot of coordinated effort, a lot of work and a lot of intentionality, because that's the other thing. You have to be intentional about the work that you're doing. You need authentic leaders on the ballot. You need a state party who is committed to doing the organizing and the voter protection work. And you need the resources. Mm -hmm. And that is the big part. We had to be able to do our work to scale. And finally, we were able to match the resources with the grit and grind on the ground. And we were able to pull it off. Awesome. Well, congratulations. You guys deserve a big pat on the back. And Thank now you. your, your Republican uh, neighbors are trying to uh, kind of make sure that doesn't happen again. Um, what are you Don't guys doing? What, and I know you guys, we were all, you know, you guys, we saw you guys fighting. Like, what, what's going on now? Um, now that the Republicans have, have passed strict voting uh, laws in, in Georgia. So today is the last day of the um, legislative session in Georgia. Mm -hmm. And the our Republican governor has already signed SB 202, which is an omnibus voter suppression bill into law. But he does not, in fact, have the last say because okay. in Congress we have HR1, 
mm-hmm. and it has already passed the House, and now we are calling upon our U.S. senators to get H.R. 1 over the finish line so that we can make sure that there's a standardized process for voting across the country. It should not matter where you live, what your zip code is, mm-hmm. what your access to the ballot is, and that's what H.R. 1 does. It makes sure that everyone in this country has the same equal access to the ballot box. Awesome. Um, so earlier in the conversation, uh, you mentioned a name that we all know, John Lewis. Um, how has it been stepping into those legendary shoes? So um, it's a lot. I won't lie to you. It's mm-hmm. a, um, it was a heavy moment because I knew Congressman Lewis very well. Um, he, My husband worked for him. I heard you guys and- were shopping buddies, too. Yes, my shopping buddy. Um, Dillard's at Atlantic Station. They, he, they never had a sale that we didn't like. <laughs> um, but it's so while I know that there's a lot to be done, there's still also a legacy to uphold. Mm-hmm. And so it's not lost upon me the privilege that I have to serve in this seat. This is a very special district. Um, people will try to tell you that every congressional district is the same. We represent the same number of people, but this is a very special district, Charles. It's the district that um, that runs through the heart of downtown Atlanta um, and Dr. King's church. And I have the privilege of representing this district, and mm-hmm. so I don't take it lightly. Awesome. Well, we know you're going to represent well. Um, since being elected to the seat, is there anything that you've learned um, any life, like life experience, like, wow, you know, this, that was awesome. So I think coming from the state legislature, I was a state Senator Mm -hmm. before I was elected to Congress and coming from the state legislature, um, being in the minority party Mm -hmm. there, I was there, but it was not a lot of me passing my legislation. And so being a freshman, I was elected as president of my freshman class. Mm-hmm. of House Democrats. And so I um, have been able to hit the ground running and move actual legislation. And that's been the biggest thing. I'm like, wow, I get to actually pass and enact legislation for the entire country. Mm-hmm. And so things that really impact everyone's day-to-day lives. So I'm really excited about doing that work because that's why I'm here. I'm here to serve and there are a lot of people counting on me. And so I never want that to be lost upon me of why I was sent to Washington and that's to serve the people. Awesome. So folks here in DC always want to, we always want to know how we can get involved um, in some out of state effort. Any advice you can give us on how we can get involved in, in helping any of the issues that you're passionate about? Voting rights um, is a big deal. And I know that you don't have two U.S. senators to lobby, but we're Mm -hmm. working on that, Charles. We're working Working on on it. (laughs) (laughs) So voting rights is a big deal. And we need to continue to press upon the U.S. Senate to get um, H.R. 1 passed. I am confident that there is not someone in the United States Senate that will allow a procedural rule to mm-hmm. come between someone and their right to access the ballot. I keep reminding people that you often hear, especially in our generation, they're like, well, I wonder what I would have done during the civil rights movement. What what stance would I have taken? 
corporations who were on the wrong side of history back then. Mm -hmm. Well, this is our time. This is our civil rights movement, Charles. If you ever wonder what you would have done during the civil rights movement, you have the chance to find out right now. If you're sitting on the sidelines, if you're silent right now, when our voting rights, our democracy is on the line, then shame on you. Mm -hmm. So I will call upon people. I am very active on social media. So I am always doing a call to action. It might change from day to day because we need to be nimble and flexible and relevant and responsive. And so follow me on social media. My Twitter page is at Nakima Williams. My Facebook is Nakima Williams. <laughs> and my Instagram is Nakima Williams. So, so pretty easy to find me. And I will keep you updated because I am always sharing timely information on how to engage, where to respond. Um, our state Democratic Party is georgiademocrat.com. And my website is nakimawilliams.com. So I keep it simple, easy for you to find me. But I would love to have your fight in this. Um, we need, I need more co-conspirators for justice. Mm -hmm. So um, at the end of every podcast, um, we give our guests an open mic opportunity um, where you can say, leave, you know, talk to our guests and leave them with parting words. Anything you want to leave us with today? Our democracy is fragile, y'all. But Congressman Lewis told us when we see something that is not right, something that is not fair, something that is not just, we have a moral obligation to do something, to say something, find a way to get in the way. We all have a responsibility to get in the way. Let's make it happen, y'all. We can save our democracy. Nakima Williams, thank you so much for joining us today on The Filibuster. It's been an awesome conversation. And anytime you want to come back, come on back. We'd love to have you. Thank you, Charles. All right. Have a great day.